Good evening. Today is Friday, the 6th of December, 2019. Our readings this evening are Psalm 22, Amos 5, 1 through 17, Jude 1 through 16, and the Gospel of Matthew 22, 1 through 14. Blessed are you, O God, the God of our parents, creator of the changes of day and night, giving rest to the weary, renewing the strength of those who are spent, bestowing upon us occasions of song in the evening. As you have protected us in the day that is past, so be with us in the coming night. Keep us from every sin, every evil, and every fear, for you are our light and salvation and the strength of our life. To you be glory for endless ages. Amen. Seek God who made the Pleiades and Orion and turns deep darkness into the morning and darkens the day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out upon the surface of the earth. God is her name. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, Let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by her infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins, through our gracious Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, make speed to save us. O God, make haste to help us. Glory to the holy and undivided Trinity, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Mother in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Creator, Word, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? From the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. And you, our ancestors, trusted. They trusted and you, devout, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. 
But I am a worm and not human, scorned by others and despised by the people. All who see me mock at me. They make mouths at me. They shake their heads. Commit your cause to God. Let God deliver. Let God rescue in the one in whom he delights. Yet it was you who took me from the womb. You kept me safe on my mother's breast. On you I was cast from my birth. And since my mother bore me, you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. Many bulls encircle me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs are all around me. A company of evildoers encircles me. My hands and feet have shriveled. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O oh God, do not be far away. O oh, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. From the horns of the wild oxen you have rescued me. I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear God, praise her. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify her. Stand in awe of her, all you offspring of Israel. For she did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. She did not hide her face from me, but heard when I cried to her. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear her. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek her shall praise God. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to God, and all the families of the nations shall worship before her. For dominion belongs to God, and she rules over all the nations. To her indeed shall all who sleep in the earth bow down. Before her shall bow all who go down to the dust, and I shall live for her. Posterity will serve her. Future generations will be told about God and proclaim her, and proclaim her deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that she has done it. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Amos, chapter 5, verses 1 through 17. Hear this word that I take up over you in lamentation, O house of Israel. Fallen, no more to rise, is maiden Israel, forsaken on her land, with no one to raise her up. For thus, says God, the city that marched out a thousand shall have a hundred left, and that which marched out a hundred shall have ten left. For thus says God to the house of Israel, Seek me and live, but do not seek Bethel. And do not enter into Gilgal or cross over into Beersheba. For Gilgal shall surely go into exile, and Bethel shall come to nothing. Seek God and live or she will break out against the house of Joseph like fire. 
and it will devour Bethel with no one to quench it. And ah, you that turn justice to wormwood and bring righteousness to the ground, the one who made the Pleiades and Orion and turns deep darkness into the morning and darkens the day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the surface of the earth. God is her name, who makes destruction flash out against the strong, so that destruction comes, on the, comes upon the fortress. They hate the one who reproves in the gate, and they abhor the one who speaks the truth. Therefore, because you trample on the poor and take from them levies of grain, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you, you shall not live in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine. For I know how many are your transgressions and how great are your sins. You who afflict the righteous, who take a bribe and push aside the needy in the gate. Therefore, the prudent will keep silent in such a time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, that you may live. And so, God, the God of hosts, will be with you, just as you have said. Hate evil and love good, and establish justice in the gate. It may be that God, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Israel, or the remnant of Joseph. Therefore, thus says God, the God of hosts, the God, the God, in all the squares there shall be wailing, and in all the streets they shall say, Alas, alas. They shall call the farmers to mourning, and those skilled in lamentation to wailing. In all the vineyards there shall be wailing, for I will pass through the midst of you, says God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle G, A Song of Ezekiel I will take you from among all nations and gather you from all lands to bring you home. I will sprinkle clean water upon you and purify you from false gods and uncleanness. A new heart I will give you and a new spirit put within you. I will take the stone heart from your chest and give you a heart of flesh. I will help you walk in my laws and cherish my commandments and do them. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Jude, chapter 1, verses 1 through 16. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, who are beloved in God the Mother and kept safe for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Beloved, while eagerly preparing to write to you about the salvation we share, I find it necessary to write an appeal to you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints, for certain intruders have stolen in among you, people who long ago were designated for this condemnation as ungodly, who pervert the grace of our God into licentiousness and, does, and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now I desire to remind you, though you are fully informed, that God, who 
once for all saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their own position, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains in deepest darkness for the judgment of the great day. Likewise, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which in the same manner as they indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural lust, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Yet in the same way these dreamers also defile the flesh, reject authority, and slander the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael contended with the devil and disputed about the body of Moses, he did not dare to bring a condemnation of slander against him, but said, God rebuke you. But these people slander whatever they do not understand, and they are destroyed by those things that, like irrational animals, they know by instinct. Woe to them, for they go the way of Cain, and abandon themselves to Balaam's error for the sake of gain, and perish in Karah's rebellion. These are blemishes on your love feasts, while they feast with you without fear, feeding themselves. They are waterless clouds carried along by the winds, autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, uprooted. Wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the deepest darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied saying, see, God is coming with 10,000s of her holy ones to execute judgment on all and to, give, and to convict everyone of all the deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against her. These are grumblers and malcontents. They indulge their own flesh. They are bombastic in speech, flattering people to their own advantage. But you, oh, hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle Q, a song of Christ's goodness. Jesus, as a mother, you gather your people to you. You are gentle with us as a mother with her children. Often you weep over our sins and our pride. Tenderly you draw us from hatred and judgment. You comfort us in sorrow and bind up our wounds. In sickness you nurse us and with pure milk you feed us. Jesus, by your dying we are born to new life. By your anguish and labor we come forth in joy. Despair turns to hope through your sweet goodness. Through your gentleness, we find comfort and fear. Your warmth gives life to the dead. Your touch makes sinners righteous. Lord Jesus, in your mercy, heal us. In your love and tenderness, remake us. In your compassion, bring, bring grace and forgiveness. For the beauty of heaven, may your love prepare us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Once more Jesus spoke to them in parables 
saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding, is in, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him out into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Mother Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, her only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the mother. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you and also with you. Let us pray. Our mother in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your queendom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the queendom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. In place of suffrages tonight, we are going to use the Litany of Healing found in Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2, found on page 33. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers.
God the Mother, your will for all people is health and salvation. We praise you and thank you, O God. God the Son, you came that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. We praise you and thank you, O God. God the Holy Spirit, you make our bodies the temple of your presence. We praise you and thank you, O God. Holy Trinity, one God, in you we live and move and have our being. We praise you and thank you, O God. God, grant your healing grace to all who are sick, injured, or disabled, that they may be made whole. Hear us, O God of life. Grant to all who seek your guidance and to all who are lonely, anxious, or despondent, a knowledge of your will and an awareness of your presence. Hear us, O God of life. Mend broken relationships and restore those in emotional distress to soundness of mind and serenity of spirit. Hear us, O God of life. Bless physicians, nurses, and all others who minister to the suffering, granting them wisdom and skill, sympathy and patience. Hear us, O God of life. Grant to the dying peace and a holy death, and uphold by the grace and consolation of your Holy Spirit those who are bereaved. Hear us, O God of life. Restore to wholeness whatever is broken by human sin in our lives, in our nation, and in the world. Hear us, O God of life. You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your power among the peoples. With you, O God, is the well of life, and in your light we see light. Hear us, O God of life. Heal us and make us whole. Let us pray. Almighty God, giver of life and health, send your blessing on all who are sick in any way, spirit, soul, body, heart, mind, or will, and upon those who minister to them, that all weakness may be vanquished by the triumph of the risen Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, by your death, you took away the sting of death. Grant to us, your servants, so to follow in faith where you have led the way, that we may at length fall asleep peacefully in you and wake up in your likeness. For your tender mercy's sake. Amen. Most holy God, the source of all good desires, all right judgments, and all just works, Give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, so that our minds may be fixed on the doing of your will, and that we, being delivered from the fear of all enemies, may live in peace and quietness, through the mercies of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Be our light in the darkness, O God, and in your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers. Of this night and the dark night, and the valley, and any adversity, O God, any attack. Defend us, be our shield, let the flaming arrows of the evil one fall useless and harmless to the ground. Surround us with your light and love that we may be wholly protected. 
Amen. Keep watch, dear God, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, gracious Christ. Give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. Now is the time when I share a few thoughts on the readings. And I'm not going to wax as long as I had been lately, rest assured. So Psalm 22, I've always loved the metaphors in this psalm, how they're so, I think the last time we talked about it, I said visceral, and I still feel that way. They're so visceral. They are so descriptive of the anguish that the psalmist is going through. And as is usual in the Psalms, once that anguish has been expunged, once the Psalmist has offered up all of that to God, then the Psalmist turns to praise, both praise for what has been done and praise and faith in what will be done. And I just think that this is a lovely framework for us, right? Get real. Get in ourselves and without fear, without shame, without judgment, just like let out where we are coming from in that very moment. Um, I think it's more than travailing prayer. It is like a very grounded description of exactly what context the psalmist is operating out of at that moment. It's like they are feeling all of their feelings and all of their senses and they are putting it into strong and unashamed words that are not rote and not reframed and not watered down or apologetic, but they are just real and true and strong and beautifully, painfully accurate descriptions. And then when that is done, the psalmist remembers the grace and faith of God, roots herself in the grace and faith of God and speaks forward faith in the promise of God and then promises to pass that on to others, to the following generations. So suffering is expunged, faith is renewed, remembered, and spread. I just think that's beautiful. That's We'd all do really well to remember that. Maybe Psalm 22 is going to be my my psalm for this season. I'm definitely in the wilderness, but you know, Advent's a great time, like we've been talking about, to be in the wilderness. And and I, I have faith when, as one of my dear friends says, we lean into adversity, that we are transformed in, as it says elsewhere in the scriptures, evil is turned for good. And so that which was meant to harm us is going to strengthen us, is going to increase our loveliness, 
and our closeness with God and our beauty and majesty and strength and wisdom and power. Amen. Our, um, our Old Testament reading has one of our um, opening verses in it. Um, and I just love this. The one who made the Pleiades and Orion turns deep darkness in the morning. The God who made all, all of the beauty of night and also the transformation from night to dawn to the glorious daybreak, all of these things. And it, it's so, it, it's a rich and comforting way of describing more than comforting, like powerfully soothing, maybe, way of describing the God of night. The night is not something to be feared, but night is something that God has called forth and made. And we seek God and we live. We don't just live through the night. We live even in the night. We are nourished by the night. And then another thing here is that Amos the prophet uses several verses to decry what my commentary calls a corrupt legal system. So the city gate is the site of legal proceedings and here Amos is saying this is not okay what you're doing isn't okay you're trampling on the poor you're not doing justice it's the opposite of justice so you're going to get the opposite of what you think that you're going to get you've taken all this grain and you've built these houses of hewn stone but you're not going to live in them you're not going to drink the wine from the vineyards. You're not going to reap the fruit of what others have sown and you have stolen. For I know, and I think the inference here is God knows, or maybe this is God saying through Amos, I, God, know. I know what you've done. I see it. So just as God, we've talked before about even when we think that nobody else sees our efforts and, and certainly doesn't appreciate them, that God sees and appreciates us, so also does God see and reject and mark for justice or for justice to be done against, however you want to put that, the evil deeds of us and others. Because the ultimate goal is that the wounds are healed, the evil is purged, and we become vessels for good, right? We become transformed. And God wants that even for the evildoers and those perverting justice at the city gates. So the very next thing that Amos talks about is that repentance, that turning away from evil, seek good and not evil so you may live. And we're talking, I believe here, about spiritual life and eternal life and life in God and with Christ. So God will be with you hate evil and love good and establish justice in the gate. So I see what you're doing and it's wrong. Here's what you need to do. It's the redirection, right? It's the, it's the feedback. It's because we, we've talked about this before. 
when you um, just just put forth the negative and not the positive and that's all you're focused on, like that's what you steer towards, right? When we're giving, Amos is giving the vision of what to steer towards, what to re-vector to here. And, and then in verse um, 16 on, these are a series of what the commentator um, describes as woe sayings. And this is completing the section of judgment speeches. So I think this is very interesting to us that there are professional mourners called forth. The farmers are called to mourning and those skilled in lamentation are professional mourners. And so the farmers are going to lament the those in the vineyards will lament like there's going Amos says there's going to be this big or there should be this big outcry call in all the people to mourn on behalf of what we have lost and I I think I didn't read ahead but I think that we'll see that and that is part of the returning right grieving mourning is such an important part of the healing process and there's a huge difference between grief and shame so I'm not talking about shaming ourselves or guilt, useless guilt over what we've done. I'm talking about mourning what's been lost, mourning what we're letting go of, even to an extent mourning the sin because sometimes we find power and comfort and even enjoyment in the sin. So we're mourning what we're letting go of and we're mourning what we lost by clinging to it and we're turning to something new that's going to be greater than anything that we could have gotten through those ill means. Amen. Our New Testament reading, Jude, another not oft read book. Um, and this is, I feel like Jude is, is like a reminder. Um, a reminder to follow the Holy Spirit to discern with that which is true and right and holy and good. And sometimes we need those reminders and we need the reminder that we are not God and other humans are not God and seeking to raise ourselves to the level of idolatry or others only causes a downfall. Heaven is closeness to God. Our spiritual health is being in continual movement towards God. And so anything that is getting in between that, distracting from it, getting in the midst of it, needs to be turned away from. And I want to say here too, um, Sodom and Gomorrah have been so co-opted by twisted thinking. And it's not about homosexuality. Unnatural lust here is not homosexuality. Unnatural lust is 
And the, the Greek translation could also be went after other flesh as opposed to pursued unnatural lust. It is an unhealthy fixation on, obsession with, and addiction to unhealthy sexuality. And we're talking here things like rape, um, breaking covenant, pedophilia, those forms of sexuality that are not natural and holy and good, but are abhorrent and hurtful. And homosexuality is not among that. Same-sex couples, or, or same-sex couples who are in a committed relationship, I, I honestly believe that God blesses those unions. And that is not what we're talking about with Sodom and Gomorrah. It's not about homosexuality. It's about the perversion of sex. It's about sexuality that is hurtful and damaging and wounding. And in the case of homosexuality, I would say the damaging and woundedness is what comes in judgment against same-sex couples from within the church and other places in our culture. It is not homosexuality itself. So I just want to make that super, super clear that that's not what's being punished in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's the perversion of the gift of sexuality into something that is wounding and damaging and hurtful. So that being said, I think it's very, it's something that we should, we should really note here um, that the authority mentioned in verse eight, that we're cautioned not to reject, that's God's authority. That, that is not, I, that is not human authority that we're talking about here. That's talking about the rejection of God's authority. And we have to remember God's greatest commandment is love. And then I think we have a great example of leaving to God what is for God's power and authority that even the Archangel Michael did not condemn the devil himself, but said, God rebuke you. And while I don't want to get form formulaic about this, I want to say that we should all find relief in, in this because it's God who undoubtedly has the power to rebuke the devil, to banish evil, to vanquish and has vanquished the devil once and for all, that we don't have to do that in our own power. So it's, it's both a true humility thing and it's also like um, a true protection of God thing. We don't, we don't have to do it in our own power, nor should we try. So those are really good reminders in my mind. And I could probably say more about this passage. Um, I do love that, that um, 
the Christian fellowship meal or communion or Eucharist is called the love feasts. How wonderful. Shouldn't every time we come to the communion table, it be a love feast? And then our um, gospel reading, which is the parable of the king giving the wedding banquet. I think what's really important to note here are that um, those who attended the wedding, they were, as it says in verse 10, both good and bad, but they were all willing. And then the guy without the robe who gets cast out, I have struggled with that. this one. I've gone, you know, is it because he wasn't prepared? Or he wasn't accepting? Or he wasn't respectful? And I think we have to pray for, for insight into that one. Because I think especially in this time of Advent, that's a time of preparation. I think we should take to heart that we should put on Christ, put on the wedding robe, put on Christ, which is putting on the wedding robe, um, to prepare ourselves for entry into heaven. And also, like, I don't think, though, I don't think that we get cast out of heaven if we haven't done everything we could to make ourselves ready. I think God makes us ready. And so maybe this is about that cooperative process with God, that if we have resisted God and God's process and our transformation and tried to enter heaven by other means, by our own power, back to humility and, and, and um, trusting in God and God's power, maybe that's the thing. Maybe Maybe if we're trying to build our own ladder to heaven, we're not going to get to the right place. And it's about our context and where we are, where who we are. It's who we are that determines where we are, maybe? Is that part of it? Do you think? I, I could kind of puzzle over this one for a while, friends. But I think here in this moment, in this season, part of the lesson is to cooperate with God in the preparation process. Amen. Thank you all for listening and for praying with me. Thank you. I know many of you have um, told me that you're praying for me during this time, and I really appreciate it. Keep the prayers coming. They lift me up. I've got my good days and bad days, and today's been a better day. Praise God for that. Um, I could still use your prayers. God's justice be done. May the injustice of the gate be overturned, and righteousness and God's justice prevail. Amen. Almighty God, Mother of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ.
for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. God, we've gathered together in your name to bring forth our prayers to you, and you've promised that you will grant them when they are within your will. And, having, and being moved by the Holy Spirit, we pray for the Holy Spirit to intercede on our behalf and for our prayers to be granted that we may always be moving closer to you, O God. Sustain us and lift us up and transform us. Amen. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen.